0: Welcome to Black History Mini Docs Podcast. I'm Akeisha McCants, founder of Whole Body Literacy and Education, aka Wibble, and host of Wibble's weekly podcast, Education is Liberation. You can find us on anchor.fm forward slash WHBLE or wherever you get your podcasts. Wibble is an educational consultancy company. We make art, we make change. We activate and inspire community connection while encouraging individual and collective literacies to nurture a brave space using media and the arts. I'm excited to host this podcast episode. We have Alicia B. Wormsley, an interdisciplinary artist and cultural producer based in Pittsburgh, PA, USA. Her work is about collective memory and the synchronicity of time specifically through the stories of women of color. She states her work is the future and the past and the present simultaneously. Wormsley has an MFA in film and video from Bard College and was awarded the Postdoctoral Research Fellowship in Art at Carnegie Mellon University. Welcome, Alicia.
1: Hey! Hey, hey!
0: Um, Would you mind telling the listeners about yourself and how you came
1: to this field of art? I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. You know, I went to school in California. I went to Berkeley for anthropology, and I um, was doing murals. Everybody paints murals in the Bay Area, and, um, and so I was doing a lot of community projects, and um, I ended up going to Cuba and for this mural conference, to photo document a mural conference, and then You know, there were all these artists from all over the world and they were like, one artist in particular was like, Alicia, you're an artist. You should make art. And like, you know, so I started working with them and and just, you know, I'd always been around art. So then I started making things, but a huge part of me making things was traveling and learning about different communities, black communities around like the Caribbean, South America. Um, And then later on, Europe, Africa, you know, um, but really just like seeing the similarities. Um, I was super influenced by Zora Neale Hurston Mm -hmm. and science fiction. I'm super, I am super influenced by science fiction and Zora Neale Hurston. Mm -hmm. Um, But Zora Neale Hurston was like this reality. She brought everything in science fiction, like X-Men, Blade Runner, Dune. Those are like my tops. And she, she made them real. So in this book she has called Sanctified Church, she did these studies on um, people speaking in tongues in churches post-emancipation in the rural South. And she found like traces of African dialects in these recordings. And just thinking about that, that that would be there, you know, speaking in tongues is speaking a language you don't know that is unknown to you. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that that like kind of ancestry, that like 300 years of, away you know generations away from the continent that that would still be in our dna was kind of was like octavia butler sci-fi all of it you know in real time so then i'm just like seeing that everywhere and and kind of layering these stories and then working in communities which is really important to me i was raised to like uplift people around me to uplift myself and others at the same time if that's possible and um to um so just doing different projects and um and then i moved back to pittsburgh about nine years ago for a residency i was doing residencies living in new york city brooklyn and um i got an opportunity to come back to my my home you know and i took it and i they set me up in a classroom in this high school that I went, that I grew up in this neighborhood. I didn't go to that high school, but I grew up in the neighborhood, and I'm working with these kids. And I started this project called "There Are Black People in the Future." There, um, should I keep going? I'm just yes, like talking. And no, talking. I mean, okay. you know what?
0: I'm um, <laughs> Thinking that. And when you mentioned Zornell Hurston, um, of course, Goat. <laughs> right. And I think about her relationship with time. And I never thought about her quite that way and thinking about the way that she um, transcends time and he, she is the future. And thinking yeah. about, uh, I, I was a hip hop artist when I was 14. Uh-huh. And I named myself Kindred Wisdom after Octavia right. Butler's book, Kindred. And right. just thinking about how these women um, inform so much of the culture and so much presence in their work while encompassing the past, the present, and the future. And so I was really feeling and digging everything you were saying, especially as it aligns with the work that you've made, and in particular, Black people in the future. So yes, please, tell us more.
1: So I was um, working with these kids, making these, like ex- I was making experimental sci-fi films, like these short kind of um films in working with different performing artists I worked with a dancer Jasmine Hearn and kind of dressed her up like i um, in this like older white dress and we would go in the hood and film these like movements and I was thinking a lot about like movements that I'd see in church and movements that I'd seen in dance and movements that I'd seen like you know um in these like ancestral spaces in these ancestral spaces and so um you know and I'm thinking about that in these in this neighborhood that um uh that's like black neighborhood in America you know has this like really rich legacy um historically like the first black opera was in Homewood the you know um Helen Faison who's like was a pioneer of elementary education. She's from Homewood. Like they're just these like jazz musicians. Um, like just, you know, the the arts high school started in this neighborhood. And, you know, after like two more on drugs and just like systematic racism, constantly fighting and surviving, it is struggling, of course. And so this space, you know, there are spaces where houses are run down and um, buildings are, are decaying. And, um, and so we would walk around like the kids, you know, so I showed them these films I was making. And the kids, you know, it was like, it was like 2011. So like walking jet dead had just started. So they all wanted to make zombie films. And they were like, Oh, let's go, you know, this, this area right here is perfect, because it looks like an apocalypse, you know, and so then I'll be like, Oh, wait a second, why does it look like that? You know, and we start talking about those things. And then, you know, just on that side, we're like, and and just of like the reality of like um, of African Americans' existence, and you know, black people in America, um, and thinking about like, uh, just like our life expectancy and like what we have to go through and 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 all that. And then on top of that, I'm like wanting to show them like sci-fi films and like what sci-fi films have black people in them. Mm-hmm. So that's also like, you know, these two sides of the same, that are the same thing. But, um, and so, you know, I'm like ranting about it and I, you know, just said like, there are black people in the future. And then I, you know, um, actually I was talking to with my partner and he was like, that's a really good phrase. And then I started writing that phrase and like, you know, writing it in my, in my studio and like sketchbooks and thinking about it and then making these films like experimenting with video and that idea and then i started walking around with the kids while they're making films i'm like collect i start collecting objects and i can't even remember like what object i collected first but um and then i would take it back to my studio and i print there are black people in the future on it and it kind of became this ritual this like you know a spell um of me like printing this on objects and you know and then i made this like crazy installation with tvs and they all would like flicker and then spell out there are black people in the future and then um you know and i showed this work in different places and you know around the country Mm -hmm. and like um and and yeah that was like 2015 by the time i kind of finished that body of work like i was moving on
0: my question is, and I want to get to it, but we're going to cut to a mini doc right now. But my oh, yeah, question yeah. is, what made you feel that it was important to say that there were black people in the future? And when we come back, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Okay.
2: Take a picture. Take
0: a picture a, picture a, thousand. a thousand words. A
2: thousand words. The image. The image. The image. 41 41. honorary degree, He used a camera to fight bigotry. A man not dissuaded from pursuing his dream. All encompassed visionary. Visionary. From the plains in Kansas to the photons in Paris. Vogue's black lens. Image. Image. From Ali to Malcolm to the ordinary. Fortified. The images of glamour. Poverty spreads into light. The images speak and glow brilliantly. He helped launch Essence, a writer, born a branch of the learning tree. No longer tampered or shifted, but willed a shaft images imagined that lived outside one man's dream images composed in a symphony images on film from shaft his odyssey to shared belly. by flashing lights a globe, history maker unashamed the man is gone but his image remains remains, remains. 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 remains.
0: yeah so what made you say <laughs> you know that <laughs> statement i mean i I can feel that statement right. know, sometimes it feels like an uh, you know proving to people that we belong, yeah you know, and I think about um, Octavia Butler like placing us in the future and parable of the solar and how important that is and how important her work has become um yeah so what made what drew you to decide to 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 make that statement and and who, who were your students at the time
1: they were uh middle and high school, like late middle eighth and ninth graders in uh homewood in pittsburgh hmm. and they were amazing artists and um some of them like i you know i still keep in touch with some of them as um you know this was like eight nine years ago they're like in college and like
0: doing Mm -hmm. their own
1: things now but um but yeah they were just just kids like in the hood like you know we're we're so similar you know I could Mm -hmm. see myself in them and by hopefully vice versa and we um just hung out like I was very relaxed in this atmosphere um of of working with them where it was just like let's just make things together like not Mm -hmm. even I'm this artist showing you how to make things because you know better than me so Um, well, you know, we're just like walking around, um, really, it was just like, like wanting to say this. Um, I mean, I don't even know, like at that moment, I just was like feeling like I had, you know, um, feeling like I had to, to manifest, like I had to make it happen. Mm. Like, like this, like the power of language, right? The power of language within even white supremacy, of, like, written texts, like, they make these contracts and then they're done. Like, this is mm-hmm. my land now. And it's mm-hmm. written and printed oh, Jesus, on things. <laughs> yeah, she's like you. And so, so I just, you know, it just seemed like, okay, the text was really important. It was important once I said it, you know, and then just like writing it, like, and it wasn't like I could even just keep. Thinking about it in a visual sense, but the text—the actual writing of the text—was really important to me mm. because it was like a contract. It was like, "Uh, like this is happening." Um, mm. Even in my like anti <laughs> anti anti I, white supremacy anti racist space of like, okay, I'm going to use your tool and ensure that there are black people in this in the future
2: Mm. um
0: and how was it received
2: by the community
0: um, and for and and the wider community
1: it was at first when i first did the work before the billboard it was received you know very well i mean i you know as an artist in art terms i I um, sold most of those sculpt- those sculptures. I exhibited the work. People, you know, it was written about by, you know, Afrofuturism was becoming a term and it was written about by like Yatasha Womack and Koduo um, Wo Shun and like having these, you know, so it was like there. So in my mind, you know, it's like a young artist. I'm like, this is tight. This is like, mm-hmm. okay. And then um, when, it, when it went up on the billboard in 2018, in an s- extremely gentrified, but black, historically black neighborhood, but now not black neighborhood of Pittsburgh called East Liberty, um, it was not received well. It was fear, there was fear, the developers who owned the building that the billboard, so this billboard was a part of a colleague's project called The Last Billboard, and he'd ask artists to put text up on the billboard And never in, like, the nine years that he had this project um, had the landlords ever complained or said anything. But when I put... And there were things about the war in Iraq. There were things about George Bush. There were things, like, things, Mm. political things. But me saying this, like, mundane sentence a fact, Mm. right, that was Mm. a problem for the developers. And so they took the billboard down. And then Pittsburgh protested. Like, they stood up and um you know and then i again like i made a statement where i said use this text like replicate it put it everywhere and so that's what happened and then um i got to you know um use kind of the leverage in the media um to create a grant program and community meetings we had you know, there were protests around this. There were community meetings. And in the community meetings, people would say, like, I feel like that text, like my family's lived here for generations and now I'm no longer welcomed here. Mm. You know, so like, I feel like that text that was taken down. So it like adds another element to this work. And then... I mean, it also
0: is in conversation uh, with Black Lives Matter being an issue. Like, why is it that every time we assert that we matter, that we exist, it becomes a problem, it becomes a yeah, uh, worthy is that threatening? of disparagement. Yeah,
1: why? How is that threatening in any way? But it's mm. just like a tool of the oppressor, right? To, mm-hmm. that, that somebody's livelihood is based on violence against another group. You know, yeah. like that's a myth. That's not even, it's not true. And mm. it's not, you know, so like, that's like a tool and so I think, like, the, that was, like, very apparent, like, mm. how useful that tool is <laughs> to yeah. the professor that, and when this text was taken down. So, mm. yeah, so then I, we, you know, I kind of used that with the found, local foundations, the Heinz Endowments gave me, you know, money to do this grant program. And I made, um, we gave out uh, 11 mini grants to artists mm. and activists and just community members to use the text in their work. Mm. and in the neighborhood. Um, and so it was awesome. I mean, we had like anti-racist yoga instructors, rest doulas, so kind of like the Nat ministry in Chicago. There's like also uh, um, Annika rains uh, is a rest doula and they um, created Black Dream Escape. And so they created these like revolutionary rest spaces for black and brown bodies. Um that we had uh, you know, artists, we had um like a black mothers group called The Gathering, um mm. with Ayana Shade and we just and like um black women using their voice. We had like a black opera singer doing these like workshops about around like black women like empowering themselves through voice. Mm. Um with Anthony Wingfield and just like we had like so many, we had like a you know, like a teenage like still in high school, um a uh, musician, uh, afrofuturist music- musician talking about intersectionality and like mm. through gender and race and like in, in making this kind of crazy experimental album mm. as ether, um, we just, ha- you know, we had like um, a group of teenagers come together and like create their own kind of simulated game of mm. like Pittsburgh's black future. Um, you know, so it was just, like, this really amazing, beautiful collaboration and, mm. like, space. Like, it turned into this, like, really um, amazing thing. And it and it actually, like, really helped me. Like this. Yeah. It supported me in, um, you know, in, in. Creating Sybil Shrine, which is a residency for black moms.
0: Yes, and, and that's um, one of the things that I know about you is that you're always about bringing community together and lifting up
2: you sisters, together?
0: you know, and mothers. Um, and you're a mom, and this is real. And first of all, Not we're in COVID 19.
1: My My shatbeth's I...
0: <laughs> <laughs> But I we're in COVID 19. This is a pandemic, you know, things have changed. Yeah, things have changed. and uh, our babies are home with us. Yeah, this
1: is like this mm-hmm. is like my class teaching. This is, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, no reali- it's reality, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's also like, why not?
0: I'm a mom of four, so hey, I know you I, are. I mean, come on. So yeah. when, when you created Sybil Shrine, um, you know how? Do you, and so I guess my question would be, how do you start movements, and why do you? Because this is, it, I mean, you have had, a, I mean, people can look you up and see, you have started wonderful opportunities for black artists. And, you know, folks may wonder, how do I, you know, become a member or part of this? Or how do I, you know, bring forward the things that I'm passionate about and build that kind of community? What was it that made you start?
1: Well, I think one thing to, is, um, you know, I was just like raised in a very community, like, communal, like, the way we all can, we can all work together to, um, like, there's space for everybody, there's resources for everyone, like, we, if we, you know, access them together, then it's even stronger, and, and, um, you know, which is, which I've found is very anti, um, white supremacy, where, you know, like, want, like, my, my wealth is based on your lack of wealth. Mm -hmm. right and so and and so in my like i've just like have like really thought about that and really kind of dedicated my practice to the opposite right Mm -hmm. like where actually like even with these grants like i even hate like grant applications i hate that Mm -hmm. we had to select and of course Mm -hmm. even with their black people in the future we had like we ended up um giving more grants than we said we were going to and we're just like well we'll find the money like just give it to everybody they all should get it why is it
0: important why is it important to you that artists are paid oh my god
1: because we because we're we we like do every everything is art like you if we're not getting paid then then it's how can we live we can't Mm. live there's it's not like everything that we do That we're creating that you that every photograph that we take that you just post on social media is a part of our labor Mm -hmm. like that's our resource everything we write that you just like take and put somewhere or use or quote or say and you're not like um you know like we that is labor that is like years of education and even if i didn't go to art school it's still like my experience and we live in a capitalist society like that like where you're paid based on experience right mm-hmm. so if i have this experience of making this you have we have to pay each other and also mm-hmm. we have to share our resources so that we can have like a better world like what are you thinking like if we just a few people have money and everyone else is struggling like how are we ever gonna evolve it just doesn't even make sense to me like we want to cure covid or whatever we want to cure all these things well Mm -hmm. how about we make it like a a place where people actually have the resources to share their purpose Mm. right we're missing so much purpose in, in the way that we capitalism limits white supremacy limits it limits based on race it limits based on gender it limits based on economy like Mm. those limitations affect humanity as a whole it affects our planet it affects Mm. everything and so Mm. we don't start like artists like have to be like kind of the pioneers in this um and and really just share this information and really so so we actually have a chance on Mm. this earth
0: I mean, you're not lying. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs>
0: so then that brings me right back to Sybil Shrine. Can
1: you tell us more about what that is and why um, now? Mm-hmm. Um, Sybil Shrine. So when I became a mother, I have obviously have a four-year-old, almost five-year-old. And I was living by residencies as an artist, right? Like, how do you make money as an artist? Um, especially an artist who does community projects and things like that. I don't have galleries, you know, like I make, you know, I make objects occasionally and sell them, but it's not like consistent in my practice. Mm-hmm. And so I did residencies and project-based work where I get grants and things like that. So when I found I was pregnant, I had residencies lined up for the next two years and I told them I was pregnant and they all said, oh, I guess you're not coming. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. so then I you know so then I'm like my eyes immediately I'm like just you know 14 weeks pregnant I'm immediately like oh oh this is how it goes and then I start seeing like how things are you know and you don't know until you know right like you don't know what it's like to have kids until you have them like people can be as have as much empathy as possible but I didn't know you know mm. like both my siblings had kids when I was like at home with them, you know, like, as a teenager, I watched them become parents, I still didn't know, you know, and mm. then I became, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, this is like, so, so then I just started thinking, like, and already, like, I'm thinking about my students who are teen mothers at Westinghouse, at that high school in Homewood, mm. I'm thinking mm. about, you know, black women, just like the, like, even trying, like, these, these kids are amazing artists, and no way they can pursue in our career, you know, mm. being young moms and black, Mm. come on. And so mm. we're, you know, just like even in that space, I've just started like looking at older women, like mentors who are have are brilliant artists. Like we you know, like we have uh Tina Brewer's one, she's like an amazing quilt artist. And she, you know, like could not um was never given the platforms that she should have been given in the art world you know like these things i'm seeing this and i'm seeing how hard it is um you know and then i'm just seeing like really like who's who is this system set up to win Mm -hmm. and so i just like really like okay and then also too like even with um you know i've been like really pushed i feel like by my ancestors both my grandmothers died very close together and you know since then like really just like i felt ancestrally pushed to focus on moms and um so i started civil shrine which is this residency um for black women and also i also um was um working with uh black witch university um which is out of louisiana um and um lakeisha harris is the Uh, one of the founders of that school and she like as a part of her practice is about reciprocity like Mm. and so once you learn these kind of ancestral skills you share them with other black women so even just like a part of like my kind of conditioning is to do this work also so like some of the things that I've been doing, like when I was doing the workshops with Black Witch University, that was like really kind of pushing me. Everything was just like pushing me in this direction to support. And then also there are Black people in the future, the grants, the three women, um, three of the four of the women who received grants focused on Black moms mm. and like supporting Black moms and like how, you know, so I'm mm. like, okay, like this is really, you know, like, like this, I really mm. have to figure this out. And at the same time, I'm getting invited to residencies. And then I say, well, I have a small kid. You know, I want to bring my family. Um, and they're like, oh, we can't accommodate families. And I'm like, why not? Mm. The, if you were about to give me an apartment. I live in a house. I live, you know, and I can live in an apartment with my kid. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, you, know, you know, like, what's mm-hmm. the difference? I don't understand <laughs> what the difference is. It doesn't even make sense. And so just all of those things kind of put together really encouraged me to start something for black women. And so, Sybil Shrine is a reference to like the priestesses, the like African priestesses of Mami Wata from, you know, in our ancient civilization and um, and just um, who like started the mystery schools and all those, Mm. you know, kind of other spaces, and um, and I'm just like uh, created an arts residency. Well, it's really just like a residency for creative, we say creative black moms. And when we say moms, women, oh, yes. we're women X. We're completely open um, to um, anyone identifying um, as a mother, a black person mm-hmm. in, you know, and we're, we have a network we have four residency streams we have a home residency that right now is for Pittsburgh moms where we support them at their homes and give them mentorship um, money mm. materials resources you know mm. pretty much um, for them and their families we have a network that has um, right now 60 women from around the country we um, where we meet on Sundays and everyone gets a stipend to participate and we just share skills and we just hang out in fellowship. Like, it's, you know... Um, we have a community liaison, um, artists in residence, and then we're also doing a visiting artist, which is like an older... Um, we're actually going through our nominations right now, which will be like an older, more established Black mom artist that we will ask to... That will also give support to, but also in kind of in that reciprocity of exchange to like share their wisdom with our moms.
0: Mm, that's beautiful, Alicia. You should be very proud. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I am. That's a lot. Like,
1: it's a lot, and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I have so much support. Um, Jessica Gaynell Moss is uh, has like stepped in to do like mm. you know because I'm still an artist. and she's like stepped in to do so much administrative work and naomi chambers and we also have a partnering organization the office of public art here which is run by moms and Mm. it's just been like a really kind of empowering project it's been like a really just important you know like i and again i don't want to any ownership here like i i want You know, if anybody wants to start a Sybil Shrine in their area, like, we want to make it packed like a model where we could Mm. be like, here, just here's the information. Here's how we wrote our grants. Here's Mm. all this, like, take it, use it, and Mm. create your own. You know, that's our goal. Our goal is, like, after this two-year kind of pilot that we've, like, made a model that we can share with others so that they can also do this anywhere Mm. call it whatever they want and yeah i
0: mean i think that especially in this time you know uh everyone is in a precious space and um artists are important just like you mentioned also acknowledging the trials and tribulations of black motherhood um especially uh given the losses you know uh we've been through some stuff and you know uh you know lifting one of us one of one of one another up is really important and so i guess i have one last question for you when you speak to the future the past and the present why is that theme so important to your work
1: well i just see it <laughs> you know i see it like that that's how i see time like it's mm. never linear or singular or you know it's always stacked it's always like um, expansive
0: mm. and if you could offer any I guess guidance or words of advice for young women out there who are interested in the arts but maybe have been told the arts aren't a real career I know
1: <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell them study science no, <laughs> no I mean you you know my mom I'm like uh it doesn't it doesn't matter like you can figure out anything you can manifest anything you just as you know if you're happy right mm-hmm. if you find joy in what you're doing you can manifest anything and it's true mm-hmm. like you just call it put it in the air and it will you know the universe will give it to you it's just so hard to see that in this it's because we're constantly told that's not the case and I and and it is
0: thank you so much alicia and if people want to be in touch with you because i know they will how can they reach you
1: yeah um you can hit me on the gram (laughs) (laughs) my website aliciabwormsley.com there's a contact um i'm really um you know i'm not the fastest at responding but i will um and definitely in DMs and on Instagram, too. People holler at me all the time, and I, I do respond.
0: Thank you, Alicia. It's been a pleasure. This has been Black History Mini Docs podcast. We really appreciate your support. You can learn more about us by visiting BlackHistoryMiniDocs.com. Subscribe, like, follow, and share. I'm Akisha McCants. We thank you so much. Until next time. One, two, three, two, Black nine. History. Podcast.